Welcome to Super Aging Podcast. This podcast strives to promote healthy aging and amplify caregiver voices while raising awareness about dementia. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Pato Sisi. Today, I am speaking with Udo Erasmus. Erasmus is the founder of Udo's Choice and author of the book, Fat That Heals, Fat That Kills which has sold over 250,000 copies. As an acclaimed author and a speaker, Udo has an eight-step process that takes into consideration of all elements of nature and human nature, including physical health, mental health, presence, and awareness, life energy, and being in harmony with nature and humanity. Udo's background includes studies in biochemistry, genetics, biology, and nutrition, as well as a master's degree in counseling psychology. Welcome to Super Aging Podcast. Glad Uh, to be on. Glad to be here. Well, thank you for joining us today. I want to discuss your current ventures. But first, let's start off with what super aging means to you. Well, the hope is always that, you know, I say to people sometimes, you know, I know one day my body will die, but I want to die healthy. Right. <laughs> of course, it's I like a, that. It's, a, it's a joke, but in a way it's true, right? Yeah. It's super I'm aging. I'm, se- I'm 79. What, is, what does it mean, super wow. aging? So, so I want to be able to fire on all cylinders. <laughs> basically right <laughs> yeah i want to be i want to be able to do and i still do i i still do gardening and i i do heavy labor sometimes mm-hmm. and you know and i want everything to be working of course that is a uh what do you call that it's like sometimes sometimes they call it a fool's errand because i know that my body is a terminal condition mm. and one day something will break down Right. Either the brain breaks down or the immune system breaks down or the heart breaks down or the liver breaks down or the bones break down or Mm. the skin breaks down. Something. That's the nature Mm -hmm. of form. That's the nature of having a form. Mm -hmm. Anything that has form will eventually lose its form. Okay. But the good news in all of that is Mm -hmm. that there's also something in me, something in each one of us. Mm-hmm. that has no form and therefore will never lose its form and therefore will never get old or die because old old and dying is all about losing form. Mm. Fear of death is fear of losing the structure. Right. But, but we have that structure and we will lose that structure. Mm-hmm. When I look at human beings, and I've not always done this, but just from my own experience, so I look at you and I see, I see the form. Yeah. I'm aware of the energy that animates that form. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I see you as that energy. Right. And that energy is called life. Mm. And it comes from the sun. So mm-hmm. it's actually solar energy that is your life. And that solar energy was trapped in green leaves by chlorophyll and was stored in bonds between atoms that make molecules. Mm. Some of those molecules are our food. And when we eat them and break them down, then that solar energy is released. And that's who we are. And that's Mm -hmm. what runs the body. Weighs nothing, runs everything. Omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient within our body is that energy of life. And that energy, if you want to take the subjective view of it, because I just (laughs) gave you the science view of it, that energy is what the masters spoke about. Mm. Because they spent their life being present in that energy. That's the eternal life. That's the master, right? That's the unconditional love for your body is that energy, solar energy called life, is the master, runs everything, and has unconditional love for your body. And its only mission is to run your body as long as you have it. 
And when it separates from your body, mm -hmm. body's finished, body's finished, and the energy is now is now not stuck in a form anymore. That energy is now free to roam, so to speak. And would that be dead then? Well, yeah, at death, life and the body part company. Um, okay. Right, and people say that when you know they say, well, you know, I went into the hospital room and my uncle's body was there, but he wasn't there anymore. They even right. say that, right? Right, right. Or if I say to you, hey, uh, Fatu, whose body is that? And I pointed you, you say, well, that's my body, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you've just told me that you're not the body. You've just told me that the body is your property, that you are the owner of the body. And then the question becomes, well, then if you're not the body, then who is the owner? Well, life is the owner and you are life. Life inhabiting that body. Just like I am life inhabiting this body, just like 8 billion people are life inhabiting other bodies. You know, this is very interesting the way you put it, Udo, because I've never really had the explanation that you've given in this, in this context. Um, yeah. and I, but I appreciate your insights because that's what this podcast is for, bringing in people from all right. walks of life and learning from all of them. And right. I do appreciate learning this uh, from you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so now, yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so now to go back to, to, to the, 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 so the brain function, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that same energy that is unconditional love mm -hmm. makes your brain work. When something goes wrong, it, tends to repair it mm -hmm. and the brain has a part to it that is not unconditional love. The brain is 50% for you and 50% against you. And that's our thinking. We always think in terms of polar, right? In terms of opposites, you know, I love you. I hate you. I like this. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is for me. This is not for me. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're always, in our life and and that's yeah. useful that's mm -hmm. useful but when this becomes the boss then half of the time we're destructive but when this is the boss when life is the boss it is 100 percent constant when right. i look at a person when i look at a person where who maybe has like a leg's not working really well so he's limping right mm -hmm. there is a perfect human being and a piece of the machinery is worn. Now, whether we're talking about, again, about whether we're talking about liver or brain or heart, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with the person, but just one of the pieces of equipment is not working as well as it used to. That piece, is that piece part of the form? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a structure, right? And, and you know, so something's I, I not working. want to mention something. You said when this is not working, which is our brain, and I wanted to mention that because some people will listen to this as audio, so they will not see. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you good said, point. the other thing in our box is our heart, I believe, because you put on right. your chest, so our heart. So go ahead. But it's throughout, but it's throughout our entire body. And so when, when we come in as a child, like I remember when my grandson was born, and even when my son was born, you know, I remember his eyes opened. And they sort of rolled around in his head, but they never fixed on anything outside. So this baby was completely unsocial. It was biological. It was alive. Mm -hmm. It had no words, no culture, no worldly knowledge, mm -hmm. because that process hadn't started yet. Right. Completely unsocial, but 100% alive. Mm. In some ways, it's a little bit similar to dementia, mm -hmm. except dementia is at the other end. So the faculty that we developed as a child, eventually we begin to lose some of that faculty. We are still alive. We can still feel. Mm -hmm. We are still a human being who's alive and worth care. Yeah. And we maybe need a little more care than we used to, but we don't need the judgment and we don't need the expectation that we should be different than the way we are. Right. Right. Because yes. it's, it's part of that whole process. It's part of the whole process that we come in without, you know, what do they say? You come into the world without hair and teeth, and you leave the world without hair and teeth. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, well, without hair and teeth, um, yeah. I don't know.
I think people live the world with hair, Auntie, don't they? Some, some do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> some do. Depends on how old you get. <laughs> but the idea is that when we mm-hmm. eat as individuals, when we take time mm-hmm. to be present in that energy part of us that is life, we feel so cared for and so whole that we don't, don't need our wholeness to come from outside by other people meeting our expectations. And when someone has dementia, they cannot meet your social expectations. Right. And if you have those social expectations, well, maybe it would be a good idea to look at that. Why are you having that expectation? Because something in you is not fulfilled or feels not fulfilled, thinks that that would fulfill you. But it wouldn't because then it'd be something else. And you need to go to the place in you that is already fulfilled, that is always fulfilled, that never needs anything, that doesn't have expectations, that just cares and cares and cares and cares, that life part, right? We're not very good at doing that because our senses always take us out into the world automatically because that's for survival. We have to monitor change through our senses. Right. But going back has to be deliberate because when something changes, we're just drawn out to it. Mm-hmm. When there's nothing inside changing because inside is there's peace, there's unconditional love, there's fulfillment, there's wholeness, there's oneness. There's just it's just like ah amazing. And when that is in place, mm-hmm. then we can accept people how they are and we accept the process of life how it is. And in every case, it'll be a little bit different. And we can be completely okay with the fact that we come in, we learn all this stuff, and then eventually we lose our talents and we lose our memories and we lose parts of the the functioning and eventually we check out. Right, but but the losing of memory, it's, I mean, yes, some of part of that could come with old age, but Mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, the dementia part of it, mm-hmm. it's an actual disease. It's not part of normal aging. So well, uh, de- we well depends on, we it depends on some of our memories as we age. Mm-hmm. Yes. But to the extent that mm-hmm. we call it dementia, then it is at that point a disease. Well, because we've defined it that way. It's still a normal process. Wow. It's still a normal process. You lose memories and you lose faculties and you you know you you can't think as fast as you did. There's a normal process, a succession there's to the point. There's definitely decline that comes with the old age. Yeah. But when it gets to a certain point that is considered abnormal and that is called the dementia. I mean the dementia right. have a category where the person's functionality is definitely not the same as Right. People who are aging normally, but having those forgetfulness that are not well, part of normal aging. I understand what you're saying, and but it's because we defined it that way. Because a child, when it's born, has even less faculty than a person with dementia, but we don't call them a disease. That's just part of the process of coming in, starting from scratch. But there right? is something that is happening in the brain <clears throat> when dementia gets to the person. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have the uh, the plaques and tiles and tangles that are in the brain that are mm-hmm. built up in the brain that are causing the dementia in the okay. individual. Right, but something so, also something physical is also going on in memory loss. We just you, don't we just don't define it that way. That? Can you expand on the physical that is happening in the memory loss? Well we, well, we don't know, but obviously something is happening if my brain, which can remember things, can't remember things. Right. That, but that's going because on. you have this protein that are embedded in your brain and uh, causing all kind of communication right. uh, issues right. within the neurons. That yeah. is why you're <clears throat> having issues. That is why you're having the dementia. Right. Well, so then the question, okay, so let's say because there is different kinds of dementia and yeah. we can get into that. Yeah. So uh, I, I just so, want to make sure we don't categorize it as part of normal aging because dementia isn't a part of normal aging. Okay. Let's assume that that's true. I, you know, I've, I've said what I wanted to say. 
So then the question becomes, then the question becomes what causes it and how can you prevent it and how can you reverse it? Right? Right. Okay. So what's your brain made out of? Well, you're the scientist here. You tell us. Okay. Well, it's made out, well, your brain is made out of food. Your whole body is made out of food, right? Everything, toenails, teeth, eyeballs, everything is made out of food. That's where all the building blocks for everything in body construction come from. Actually, it's food, water, and air. Mm -hmm. So then you have to look at what is missing in the brain that creates these proteins that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And nobody studies that. But we know that the brain... What do you mean is, nobody studies that? That's where... That's where well, no, no, nobody studies... Nobody in medicine studies the food connection. Even though the body's made out of food, they always find drugs for it. No drugs are... You, nobody has a drug deficiency. You know, it's not a drug deficiency that gets you dementia. It's something missing. Either you got toxicity there or you're missing building blocks. And if you're missing building blocks, then you need to supply them. So here we go. Brain is made out of fat. Other than fat tissue, there's more fat in the brain than any other organ in the body. And those fats are very specific kind, omega-3 and omega-6 derivatives. Arachidonic acid is the omega-6 derivative. And docosahexaenoic acid is the omega-3 derivative. 99% of the population does not get enough omega-3 for optimum health. So the first thing I would do if somebody was losing their brain capacities, but even for memory problems, because that's a part of, to me, that's part of the continuum. Mm -hmm. I would make sure that we optimize their intake of omega-3s. That's number one. Mm -hmm. You can get dementia from zinc deficiency. So that'd be number two. You can get dementia from uh, vitamin B deficiency. So vitamin B complex would be number three. You could get it from protein deficiency. You could get it from toxicity. So if you want to slow down, reverse, or prevent the deterioration of the brain, then there is research that says if you eat more plant-based whole foods, and if you go in the direction of fresh, whole, raw, organic, because you don't want pesticides in your brain, that's why organic, mm -hmm. fresh because it isn't damaged by frying and processing. And if you eat less processed foods and do less frying, that would be helpful to decrease toxic toxicity in the brain, as well as the rest of the body. So, so in order to do that, and fundamentally health was created by life in nature. So health is the natural state. And the question you, we have to ask ourselves, how close are we living to the natural state? When in, in most cases, we'd have to say, well, not that close. We could definitely live a lot closer to the natural state. But the genetic program, that, that by which life runs everything in the, body, in the body was made to adapt us to live effectively in the natural system. Fresh, whole, raw, organic, clean water, clean air, right? Exercise, activity, because that's what the body is made for. Mm -hmm. and, and then we'd have to look at, well, what, look at our cupboards, white bread, white sugar, white oils, fried foods, there's a lot of damage done to our foods by the processing that industry does that makes things convenient for them, but not as good for us. And so in that arena, there, there, there's a lot we can do. I'm, I'm not using any drugs here. Okay. We're just talking about living more in line with my nature and nature, nature. Okay. with nature and human nature. Great. Now I would I would love to um, get a better sense of your inspiration for this um, journey of health um, and wellness. Right. So right. Tell us well, a little I, more about what went into your decision to pursue a career in both speaking, writing, and sharing. Yeah. Perfect health. Yeah, I I was born during the Second World War in Europe in Poland, 
And we were refugees when I was uh, not yet three. The -hmm. communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks. The, you know, Hitler created the mess. The Pope had an agreement with Hitler not to talk about it. And the allies, we were on roads in horse-drawn hay wagons, mothers with young children, on dirt roads with no military presence. And the allies, which are the good guys on this side, right? The allies were using us refugees as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Hmm. And that was pretty intense. So it got me thinking very early about how can people live in harmony? There must be a way we can live together in harmony. And my little thought when I, you know, when I uh, listened, this was by the time I was six years old, I was listening to people arguing us and I hated the arguments. And I just, they made me so uncomfortable. And I said, there must be a way that people can live in harmony and I'm going to find out how. And that's been my driver. So when it got to studying, I was always experimenting with things, trying to find out how things work. First mm-hmm. for in science, then in biological sciences, how creatures work. Mm-hmm. This is where the health study comes from, okay. not from medicine, but from biology. Okay. And then psychology, how thinking works. And then medicine only took a year because I realized we're only going to learn about disease here. I want to know about health. I'm not interested in disease. But I, if I know what health is, I can help people go there. Mm. And then I left university and got into self-knowledge because I actually needed how I work, needed to know how I work. So that was the first part of it. And so that's why I have the background I have. The second one was when I really got into health and nutrition and water and air and, and nature and human nature mm-hmm. was I got poisoned by pesticides because my marriage broke up and I was very upset and I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. And after three years of being very careless in this job, I got poisoned by pesticides. Oh. Doctor went to the doctor, doctor said, uh, I said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. And at that point, it became 100% really clear to me that my health is my responsibility And so I went into the journals to focus on health and nutrition, disease and nutrition, Mm. because the body's made out of food and 98% of the atoms in my body and your body today will have been removed and replaced if we meet a year from now. So we'll be completely different people. We'll still probably have some of the same ideas. And this, you know, so the body is a major construction site. It's always being turned over. And that's why healing is possible. So that means if something is not working, so we could add dementia or whatever, you know, physical, physical problems are associated with the body. Mm-hmm. Then if you raise your standard of nutrition, the building blocks for body construction, then within one year, you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard, right? You know, that's why healing is possible. So you look at, then you look at whatever issue somebody comes with. Mm-hmm. How can we raise the standard of food, water, and air for this person in order for the body to rebuild, in order for life to rebuild the body to a higher standard? See, life knows how to build a body but it requires us to take responsibility for bringing in the building blocks and optimizing our intake. No, and I, then we I, do I that, agree that what we put in our bodies make yeah. um, a lot of difference as to how we live yeah. our lives. Yeah. Uh, whether it's health or not healthy, it depends on what we put in our bodies. Um, I think yeah. that has a big role to play on that. Yeah. But can you tell us some of the best uh, ways to achieve the, uh, a health, a state of health. Yes, we have had people, and I have to be careful. You know, the cure for dementia depends on the cause, and you can get dementia from more than just one thing. You know, the proteins are one of the markers. Mm-hmm. But what causes? You know, if you say if the protein is the cause, then I my question would be, well, what causes the protein? And then if you had an answer for that, I'd say, well, what causes that? Well, what causes that? So if your dementia comes from lack of omega-3s, 
And we have seen people improve very major, majorly by increasing their omega-3 intake. But they have to be made with health in mind because these are very sensitive. And we're not talking about fish oil capsules, which have a lot of damage that comes from processing because these are very, very, very sensitive substances. So you give them omega-3s made with health in mind. And we've seen people come out of their, come out of their disconnection, social disconnection, become functional again and die 14 years later of something else. Well, I, I think I want to mention that dementia, as we know it in, in the health practice, there is no cure to it. And the only treatment that has just been um, approved for dementia is aducanumab, which was <laughs> this year in June. So, right. Which is a drug. Which is a drug, because, yes. Which is not a natural substance. True. And which has side effects. Well, yes. It does have yeah. side effects, yeah. but I just wanted to mention that because, you know, a dementia as we know it, as we deal with yeah. it, uh, it, it, this is something that I personally deal with within my work and yeah. also part of um, something that my grandmother had. So I want to make mm -hmm. sure that we are getting information to people that yeah. right now that science <clears throat> is going by. Uh, that, that there is no cure for Alzheimer's, and the only treatment that mm -hmm. it is now available just recently is June, yeah. um, and there's still some controversies around that. The other medications right. that are out there to, to deal with dementia is more to help with the symptomologies of you right. know, behavior and all that stuff. <clears throat> I just right. wanted to make sure I mentioned that uh, right. as, as part of this discussion. What I haven't said about omega-3s helping, omega-3s will only help if lack of omega-3 was the cause. If lack of zinc was the cause of dementia, then omega-3 would not fix that. See, everything is very specific in the body. If zinc deficiency was the reason for dementia, then you would have to give them zinc to reverse it or to improve it. Right? And that's why you can't just say, okay, omega-3s cure Alzheimer's, cure dementia. Hmm. No, it depends, on what, it depends on what's going on in the food supply that would determine what's missing and what then could be added back to improve the situation or what's toxic in the food supply that could be removed from the food supply in order to get improvement in those situations. So it's very, everything is very precise. If you're, if you're going to go in that direction, any step you take in the direction of living more closely aligned with nature and your nature mm -hmm. will give you an improvement in health. You may not even know what's going to improve. I mean, there are people who make steps in that direction and they notice for the first time that they used to have symptoms that they now no longer have. They always thought it was normal to have a yeah. stuffed nose or something. And so my view is, it has always been and why I took this natural route, because mm -hmm. I was always interested in nature because we come out of nature, we live within nature, nature provides all our building blocks and nothing except food, water, air and solar energy have ever been required for any creature over the course of the history of this entire planet. You know, I agree with you. <clears throat> so that's the foundation. There is a lot of benefits to, you know, going, yeah. going with what what's available to us around nature. I'm a big believer in that as well, but I also uh, understand that there's, there's limited knowledge at this point, like not limited, but there is not enough people out there that know these natural remedies um, to share with people, I understand mm. that. But mm. and I also understand the role of traditional medicine mm -hmm. in our lives. And I want yeah. to make sure that when we have these discussions today, your, your specialty is in this natural mm. way of healing and, yeah. and building the body. But I also want to mention that it is not our view here to discount like the traditional medicine. But these things are also important to know yeah. how they are helpful to our right. everyday lives.
Well, that's exactly the point. You do, you do what you have to do, but living more aligned with nature is, is a part yes. of what is helpful in dealing Absolutely. with this situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And from your point of view, what type of changes in mood and behavior and abilities to, uh, or abilities that comes with age are cause for concern and things that are not cause for concern? What, what are those supposed, in your point of view, what would that be? Well, now I, I'm going to give you a psychology answer. Okay. What is of concern is only what you're concerned about. Hmm. No, that's, that's both true for the caregiver, and it's also true for the, for the client. Because there are some things I can't do that I used to do and be able to do when I was 20. And I'm 79, like I said, right? Yes, and you don't look like one. Right. Now, part of the reason why I don't look like one is because I'm not concerned about it. I accept it. And why do I accept it? Because I know that as I get older, I will be able to do less and less. And one day I won't be able to do anything. <laughs> right. So I know that. So, so one is the concern, the worry. You know, if, you, if something is going on that you can't change or fix, or prevent, then worrying creates even more of a problem because now you got the problem and you're worried. Right. So it would be helpful if you could stay in a calm and peaceful and loving place and then do what you can do with the situation. And sometimes you can't do anything, but worrying about the fact that you can't do something about a situation doesn't help the situation. It just makes you harder to be with for the client who has the problem. So then the question is, how do you stay, how do you stay in the loving place and do what you can? That's a great point. Mm -hmm. But I also want to add that what <clears throat> if, they, if you remain, because I'm a very optimistic person, mm -hmm. let me mention that. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, part of me is also very practical. Mm -hmm. So if I stay in this loving place and I know something has changed within me and <clears> I lose <throat> a cause for concern for this as well, because mm -hmm. now if I stayed in a loving place and not, and just be optimistic about it, that's not simply just going to take it away. But if there is opportunity for for me to fix that, yeah. then it's on me and to notice that and to identify because you cannot solve a problem if you don't know it. Mm -hmm. if you don't even admit the problem. Right. So if I admit the problem, then I can start working towards what I am concerned about and how do I fix it, especially, right. especially if it's fixable. Yeah. So can I ask you a question? Sure. So if you're worried or you feel loving, which one do you think that being worried will make you more able to fix the problem? Because you don't go blind when you're loving. You can still see the problem and you can still address it. And you can still address with love rather than concern. Is that possible? Well, well but still, I, yes, I, I hear what you said. Yeah, because a lot of people think I, that... I want to stay in a loving place. Yeah. And yet addressing... Of course. Things that comes in that are changes that are happening that, when, that I would say are not normal because some changes within right. your body is not going to be normal. And you need to identify that and accept that and deal with that in the way that you know how or the way that it's right right address that of course i so agree where um you know i can be all optimistic about things mm -hmm. but if i don't do things about it and just let it just keep doing what it's doing to me yeah well, that, yeah I, that's not i don't call that love optimism isn't love or, or ignoring right. what needs to be done is not, is not helpful but i find that when i'm calm mm -hmm. i actually am more effective in a practical sense than when I'm worried or than when I'm concerned. Now, maybe you're using the word different than I am, but, but you know, I, I see what I, needs. I don't think 
being worried makes you uncalm and, and, and like me it doesn't make me uncalm yeah, okay. worried like okay. you know but people are different people have yeah. different ways of you know reacting to things and yeah, yeah. things so yeah. and i do understand that yeah yeah Great. I'm, yeah. I'm liking this discussion. So let's yeah. get at it. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it, it is. And, and that's what this is about. We need to learn from different people and different yeah. ways of the, how people approach things. Yeah. So what are some ways to address or prevent degenerative disease? Well, the, you know, the degenerative diseases used to be called the diseases of civilization. Mm. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't. When I was a kid, that's what they were called. They were the diseases of civilization. Cardiovascular disease, cancer, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's didn't get as much attention way back then. <laughs> Diabetes. You know, these were called diseases of civilization. Well, what is changed in civilization from nature? We don't live in line with our own nature. We don't live in line with nature. We don't eat foods the way nature makes them. We eat them processed, cooked, fried, right? Yeah. But every other creature in nature eats everything raw, except for us. And we think we're smarter than nature, but actually nature is smarter than us because nature made the, the program that runs every, through which it runs everything for living in line with nature. And every step we've taken away from living in line with nature and our nature eventually will cost us something in degeneration. So the body falls apart because, and it's usually only two things, mm -hmm. actually three, three. Either we're not getting enough of something we need. Those are called essential nutrients. Okay. The body can't make them, but we have to have a certain amount of them in order for everything to work. Right. So that's not enough of the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Too much of the bad stuff, that's called toxicity. Okay. And that's pesticides and industrial chemicals and mm -hmm. pollution and car exhausts and you know like all of the, the certainly from civilization right. right yeah and then the third one is poor digestion because when digestion doesn't work you don't get all your building blocks and you create toxicity in your own digestive system from uh to a large extent from microbes in the digestive system mm -hmm. that get can get out of hand and make toxic substances that are then absorbed into the body so you want to fix three things. You want to bring in, you want to optimize the, the good stuff. Yeah. You want to minimize or Toxicity. completely exclude the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that digestion works. Wonderful. I couldn't agree with you more on those things. I think those are incredibly good points to um, put out there. So does fat-rich diet makes us fat? I mean, does fat-rich diet make us fat? Oh, no, never have. Okay. Never have. Most of our overweight comes from two things. One is inflammation, and that leads to water retention. Mm -hmm. And so people, sometimes when people are very overweight, most of it is water. And if you deal with the inflammation, then they literally pee out that water and lose a lot of weight very fast sometimes. Right. But or it's fat, mm -hmm. and most of the overweight that is fat in our society mm -hmm. comes from people eating more carbohydrates than they burn. And the law in the body is that right. when you eat carbs, either you burn them mm -hmm. in activity, you know, right. physical, but also cellular, also molecular activity, right. or you're going to wear them. The body is forced to turn excess carbs that you didn't burn into fat and they then get stored in your body. And the idea of that was good idea to store a little extra fat because you, if, if you live in a time where you have feasts sometimes and then you have famines sometimes, mm -hmm. if you have a little extra body weight, you will su survive a famine longer than if you're really skinny. So that was, a, that was good survival Strategy. design. Right. Good survival design. But now in the West, at least, not everywhere, but in the West, mm -hmm. no famines, a lot of feasts, right? And yeah. So you eat, 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 and then right. your blood sugar goes up, 
and then that gets you high blood sugar that's toxic then that triggers insulin release insulin shoves the the, the sugar into the cells in the cells some of it is burned what isn't burned has to be turned into fats and then the fat is stored and the body's very good at doing that but when the the excess carbs have been turned into fat then you end up with low blood sugar and then you get cravings and your body's screaming eat or die and then you eat of course we eat and then we eat fast and then it takes a while to digest it and by the time it's all digested and absorbed we've eaten more than we needed and we get the next cycle of what we call carb addiction high blood sugar insulin mood swings you know uh, sugar into the cells fat production next time again low blood sugar and that's and apparently the craving according to the research mm-hmm. the craving for food that comes from low blood sugar can be as high as four to eight times higher than addiction of cocaine like oh, stronger wow. a stronger craving than the wow. addiction and it makes sense because when you when you run out of fuel for your body your body screams you, you're gonna die if you don't eat mm-hmm. <laughs> guess what you're gonna eat right yes you're definitely gonna eat now you touch on carbs what type of food do we get our carbs from well grains grains potatoes corn anything made out of out of starch and flour okay uh you know in different places different like taro root is one and and uh sorghum is used in some places okay um But for, you know, in North America, it's potatoes and grains, uh, and then to some extent in legumes as well, because they have both protein and starch. But the, do you consider good carbs or, and bad carbs? And what, what, would, what would make one set of carb a good one and one set a bad one? Yeah, well, they, the way I look at it is good carbs are all the ones you burn because they're good okay. fuel for energy, and bad carbs are all the ones you don't burn and wear. Okay, right? those are the ones that turn into fat. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's, why they're not, that's why they're bad carbs, right? Okay. And I, I call them, sometimes I call them undeclared fats, because when you eat more, too many carbs, they are turned into fat in the okay. body. So people think fat makes, eating fat makes them fat, but it's mainly carbohydrates that lead to overweight. You can also look at sugar. White sugar is a bad carb, and, and whole grains are better carbs. Okay. But you know what? If you, if you burn the sugar then it's gone. So then right. it's not a bad carb. Okay. So, and, but you're more likely to become overweight on white sugar and, you know, sweetened drinks and things like that than on grains because the grains are digested slower and the mm-hmm. sugar is absorbed a lot faster. But, the, but ultimately it comes down to if you burn them, they're good carbs because you've got energy and you've got to do stuff with them. Right. And, if, and if you didn't burn them, they turn into fat and you wear them and those are bad carbs. Unless there's, a, unless there's a famine, in which case those are also good carbs. Great. Well, thank you for that insight. So now let's talk about your book. So when did you decide to write your book and why did you choose the topic that you choose? And if you can share the book, the, I know you have several books, so yeah. if you can just talk to me. Well, the, 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 the reason I got in, involved in working with fats and oils and wrote the book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, came out of my pesticide poisoning. And I was looking at all of nutrition and all of health. Mm -hmm. And I got stuck on oils because they were contradictory. They were confusing. They were two opposite stories. So Mm -hmm. people were saying fats are bad. But then they said, yeah, but omega-3s are are good. And they wouldn't say that omega-3s are fats because they are. And so they were trying trying to pussyfoot their way around, trying to you know, and, and, and it occurred to me, you know what, we got two opposite stories here. There are fats that will kill you if you eat them, like especially fried and hydrogenated and, and sometimes refined because they're damaged. And there are fats you absolutely have to have to live and be healthy. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about fats that heal, bring those in, find out what they are, bring them in, make sure you optimize them. And right. fats that kill, make sure you know what they are, make sure you don't, you don't eat them. Right. Right. So that's how that's how that started. But I was always in. And then there was one question that drove me nuts. Mm -hmm. Omega three and omega six are essential nutrients. 
That means your body can't make them. You have to have them to live and be healthy. They have to come in from outside. If you don't get enough, you cannot stay healthy. Your health will deteriorate. You will get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature. Your body literally falls apart. The symptoms get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. This is like really important stuff. If you're going down because you're not getting enough, but then you, before you die, you bring enough back in, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed because life knows how to build a body that works if you make sure that you take responsibility here at your mouth to make sure all of the essential building blocks land in your body so life can use them to make you a body that works. And that definition fits 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, nine essential amino acids from proteins, and two essential fatty acids from fats. That's the only thing you need. Everything else your body can make from something else. So these are the key essential building blocks the body. And those are the essential nutrients that you just mentioned. Those are the essential nutrients. Yeah, there's 40. You can only get them by consuming them. Yeah, because you can't make them in your body from anything else. So you have to get them from food. Yeah, and there's 42 of them total. 42 of them total. Yeah. And are those in your book? Yep. Okay. So if you could highlight the top three things everyone should know about fat, what would, you, what would those be? Okay. I would say there are essential fats that you have to have. So the idea of fats are bad is, is only half the story. Okay. So there are some good fats that you have to have. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two the good fats are the most sensitive of any of your nutrients. They're perishable. They need to be protected from light, from oxygen and heat. They need to be made with health in mind because they're so sensitive. Because if you don't treat them with care, Mm -hmm. they get damaged. And when they get damaged, they damage you. Then then, Then fats that heal can turn into fats that kill if they're not treated with care. So you need to look for, if you want to get the good, good oils, you need to get them made with health in mind. Omega-3 and omega-6, right ratio mm-hmm. in glass because plastic leaches into oil and plastic is a problem for the body too, right? And they are usually refrigerated in the factory, in the stores, and you refrigerate them at home. And number three is never, ever, 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 ever fry oils if health is what you want. Because frying is the worst thing we've ever invented to do to foods. Do you know that cooks uh-huh. who spend eight, eight hours a day in front of frying pans in yeah. restaurants, mm-hmm. they get four times more lung cancer than people at home who only spend two hours in front of the frying pan. Oh, wow. Wow. Because you're breathing in. You know, you know when, when, mm-hmm. when, when oil starts to smoke, Right. You know that you've changed yeah, the chemistry. Yeah. This is not, you know, you, you're not supposed to eat smoke or inhale smoke or drink right. smoke. Right. Wow. So they're the most sensitive. So these, and that's part of the reason why I got into fats is, oh my God, 99% of the population does not get enough omega-3 for optimum health. And when I found that out and found out they're essential, that was only established in 1981. Mm. That was the year after I got poisoned. So my timing was amazing. Right? <laughs> no, of course, it wasn't my timing. <laughs> but when I realized, oh, my God, if we could make omega-3s with health in mind mm-hmm. and we could bring them back to the population, oh, my God, we could help so many people. people yeah. And I just, I just went off like a firecracker. You know, and that was like I was so excited. Oh, my God, I finally I found a, a purpose it. for my life. And it was just like. I had no business background, but so enthusiastic, so on fire for being able to do something that helps almost everybody. Right. Wow. And then we did, we did, I mean, we started from with no money. We just, we just, it's like, it came out of enthusiasm and then people wanted to be part of it. And so there were a lot of people got involved in it just because, yeah, this is a noble mission. This is a a mission from God (laughs) almost. (laughs) Right. And it's about oils, right? It's right. like nobody right. was doing it and nobody was doing it because the industry liked convenience. So they 
treated the oils with harsh chemicals and bleached them and nice. and they turned rancid and then they had to heat them to frying temperature before they even bottled them mm. and that 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 did damage to the oils and in a tablespoon of oils like that if it's one percent damaged you get 60 quintillion damaged molecules in in one tablespoon that's more than a million damaged molecules for every cell in every one of your body's 60 trillion cells and i looked at that damage and i said i can't get healthy on oils like that we should make them with health in mind and so i started kind of like started a, a little industry making oils with health in mind so the, those are my three points that is so incredible so now, as you know, this podcast, we focus on Alzheimer's and dementia yeah. and brain health and caregiving. So what mm -hmm. are some of the benefits of fat on the health of our nervous system? Okay, the entire nervous system, mm -hmm. nerves, have a lot of fat on them. You know, they, they're little tubes that impulses go down and it's wrapped in fat. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right, but they're but they're wrapped in fat. Well, what are those fats? Well, they come from nutrition, and omega three and omega six are both really important in the brain. Okay, you know, and so if you become deficient in mm -hmm. either one of them, that can affect your brain function. We have seen when people improve their intake of oils, their memory gets better. Mm -hmm. There's some research says their IQ goes up by three to nine points. Their mood goes up because the body makes feel-good molecules out of fats. Okay. Out of fats and protein, they react together. So your mood gets better. You have more energy. That's good for the brain because the brain takes is only 2% of body weight, but okay. takes 20% of energy. So there's a lot going on in your brain. Right. Giving it more energy allows it to do its incessant work more effectively. Mm-hmm. You have more energy, you're more likely to be physically active. That is also very, very good for improving brain function. Right. They make your skin nice. That might also make you more social. Okay. You know, because if your skin <laughs> is not nice, then, you know, some people. Radiant skin. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, and then they increase uh, physical energy for like in, in athletes. Okay. If they do their sport to exhaustion. 40 to 60% increase in stamina within 30 days of taking a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day of one of those made with health in mind blends. I see. So let's see, what else do they do? Well, I think that's a pretty good start. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's actually a lot already you gave us. Yeah. So what is total health? Total health? Yes. Total health? is I define it as being fully present in all of your being and your surroundings and not lost in thoughts in your head. Huh. We think too much and there are eight pieces to it. Okay. The first piece is the most innermost piece is internal awareness. Internal okay. awareness yes. is the physicists call it the field. Mm -hmm. Some people call it awareness and the religious people call it God, but not God with the long white beard. God as the, the presence and power that runs the entire universe without doing a thing. So that's internal. Mm -hmm. And then out of that comes life energy. Life energy is the solar power that we talked about before. Solar energy goes through plants, is, absorbed, is, is stored in molecules, becomes mm -hmm. our life energy. And when we sit into that energy, then we experience what the masters experienced and talked about. So that's life energy, unconditional love, mm -hmm. all the power that runs everything that weighs nothing and runs everything in your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you experience that, you feel cared for. You know, we all want to be cared for. We all want to feel whole. We all want to feel okay. Well, in that experience, in that awareness and in life energy, they're formless, indestructible, never get sick, never die. And it's really nice to know that that too is part of your part of who you are. Then number three is to shine from that. I call that inspired creativity. That would be the Holy Spirit. You know, life energy would be the sun. Holy Spirit would be inspiration. That's the shine of life into the world. 
And that's where our creativity and our genius and our purpose and our will and our manifestation or our, our imagination of possibilities comes from. That's number three. Number four is the physical body. Okay. That's about food, water, air, fitness, rest, obviously activity, and detox. And that's what most people focus on when they talk about health. But health is so much bigger than that. Yeah. Then number five is, I call it survival smarts. Mm. That's to be calm under fire, to be protective. Both protection and procreation are part of that. And it's about, it's about protection from the dangers that are possible in the environment. And skills are involved in that. So if you live in an earthquake zone, it's probably a good idea to have some training in that. Or if you live in a zone or a volcano zone or, or social problem zone, you know, there are skills you can learn to right. be effective in dealing with those situations. That's number five. Number six is social group. And the, that one is, it's about uh, everything affects your health. So pick the people that empower and encourage you to okay. spend your time with when you can. Right. Then there's the natural environment. Mm -hmm. And that's like if you, if you wreck the natural environment, then you got to live in your wreckage, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but going for walks in nature, you know, and climbing trees or, you know, jumping in the water or, you know, like kids play in nature, that's also good for adults. So that's number seven. Yeah. And number eight is the big picture, which is to live in acceptance and comfortable with the fact that your body is a terminal condition in an infinite universe and that that's, and that that's okay. Incredible. Incredible. Those are the eight pieces. And each one of those has a different nature and a different function. It needs a different kind of attention on a regular basis, goes off in a different way and responds to a different kind of intervention. And so if you give every one of those it's due, then you're going to be fully present in all of your being and your surroundings. And when you can be fully present in your being and your surroundings, that's the cherished state and you have an incredibly good life because then things become easy because right. you're, you're prepared, you're, you're there. Yes. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So many of us, when we want to make a, a positive health change, Mm -hmm. We may go for a run or maybe eat more vegetable, just like you mentioned. Yeah. In your opinion, what is the importance of making changes in support of our mental health as part oh. of our journey, our health journey? Yeah. Well, yeah, wait, wait. Now, wait, when you're talking, you're not talking about dementia. Now you're talking about anxiety and depression like that? Yeah, mental health in general. Uh, dementia is not a mental health issue. No, it's a physical issue. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's it's complicated. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it has behavioral. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Okay, so let's talk about mental health. So I have a background behind me. Over here is clutter, and over here is nothing. Claire, yes. Right? Yes. I, I do that on purpose. Ah. Because within me is clutter. Yes. That's, and that's where mental stuff comes from. Mm. And But there's also in me at the same time that I have clutter in my mind. And you, you could pretty much say that mental illness is clutter in your mind. Yeah. You know, all different kinds, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, there's a, a place in me that has no thoughts at all, that is completely calm that is completely at peace, that cannot ever be mentally ill because it's not mental. That is, again, that goes back to awareness, life energy, and inspiration. Mm. Inspiration gives it form, but awareness and life energy are formless, indestructible, and thought-free, mm. and emotion-free. They're states of being. And there is no mental illness in states of being. They're different from emotional states because emotional states always have mental stuff in them. But states of being have no mental stuff at all. You know, I can feel peace, not because of something, but because it is part of my nature. I can feel unconditional love, not because 
because of some idea. Short happinesses and short loves come from, from meeting goals and fulfilling desires and things. But there is a state of being, life energy, mm-hmm. that has no requirements, that is always unconditionally loving. So when people have problems with thinking too much mm-hmm. or thinking destructive thoughts, if they understand that at the same time that they're doing that, they also have something in them that is completely free of it. Mm-hmm. And then they take and then they take time to give their worries and their mental stuff mm-hmm. attention. But to also balance that with giving what is what is beyond that some attention. So in meditation, you do, you don't end up, you know, or in self knowledge, mm-hmm. you don't end up mentally ill, mental illness, all the thoughts that in mental illness, they are just in the cortex of your of your brain. There's not no thoughts in your kneecap, there's no thoughts in your toenails. There's no thoughts in the feeling of your bum on the chair. There's no thoughts in your teeth. There are no thoughts in your ears. There are no thoughts in your fingers. There are no thoughts in your elbows. There are no thoughts anywhere except here. Your brain. And we're and we are trained to spend a lot of time thinking, 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 overthinking. Mm. But we have a choice. And there are many, many places to go where there are no thoughts. And when we know how to go from thoughts to no thoughts, mm-hmm. we're not mentally ill anymore because now we've got choice. Great. Now, does that take some practice? It takes some practice to get good at getting out of your head. That's why stillness, I recommend to people every day, spend some time in stillness. Mm. You know, shut off everything, get into a safe place, shut off all of your distractions, and just, go into your breathing maybe, or just feel what it feels like inside your body in the space that your body occupies. What does it feel like? Mm. Well, it feels different in different places. And just feel it. Don't think about it. Just feel it. Right. Just experience it. And the better you get at that, the less you're going to be bothered or think you don't have control over your thinking. Right. So be self-aware of yourself. Yeah. Your internal self. Yeah. yeah. And if you're having thoughts, then you're then that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Right, it's a thought-free zone. Yeah, but you, you did say med- meditation, and meditation to me, it's awareness. You know, just giving yeah. attention to your body and listening yeah. to what's what's happening. Yeah, so that's yeah, it's called meditation. Sometimes it's called mindfulness. Sometimes it's called uh, awareness. Sometimes it's called right. self-knowledge. You know, that's sometimes great. it's yeah. So it it's it's in a place of feeling. You can see it. You can hear it. You can feel it. You can taste it. All inside of your body in the space your body occupies. So you, if you look for the energy mm-hmm. within you that is life, mm-hmm. and you tune into that energy, there is no mental illness in life energy. Not possible. It is not even possible. You can have thoughts about life energy and then have those thoughts drive you crazy, but in life energy itself, there is no thoughts. That's wonderful. It's like sunshine. You know, sunshine never gets mentally ill, right? <laughs> Right, solar energy never never has mental problems. No, trees. <laughs> not, that I, not that I know of. <laughs> no, and trees don't, and dogs don't. Only Those people. Are beyond my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you don't know for sure, but you, I've never seen sun, sunlight or, or solar energy have a mental problem. Well, thank you for this conversation. My final question to you, mm-hmm. you know, is what what is it that you do for self care? Oh, all of all of what I'm talking about. Talking I'm, about yeah. yeah, and and I've decided that the the most important thing on this planet for a human being is to be fully present. Yeah. In the in their space, you know, it's a gift. Why is that? Because you know, each one of us was given the gift of life. Now, you were given the gift of life, mm-hmm. but I can't enjoy your gift of life for you. So if you don't enjoy it for yourself, then it's a wasted gift. Right. Right? Same for me. Mm-hmm. I was given the gift of life to enjoy. Right. And it's unbelievably enjoyable when, when we actually stop and, and just feel it. No, get, stop doing and get into being a little bit. 
if I don't enjoy this gift that was given to me to enjoy, <laughs> no one else can enjoy it for me. It's a, it's a wasted gift. And my view is that number one priority on this planet for every human being is to enjoy the gift they were given with all, you know, with all of their physical discomforts and, and problems and aging and all of that, but to enjoy the gift of life that they were given. And number two purpose for living, help where you can. Help where you can. Number one is enjoy the gift. When you do that, you feel cared for. Number two, help where you can. So that's so simple. It's so simple. Help where you yeah. can, right? That's, that's, yeah. Enjoy your life and help where you can. That's good for you as well. So, yeah. Do you have any concluding thoughts to share? I think we've done quite a bit. Wonderful. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought too. So thank yeah. you so much for your insights and conversation today. Yeah. Um, if you want to learn more about Udo's work, and you can find him online at udoerasmus.com. Erasmus yeah. Or theudo.com. T-H-E-U-D-O.com. Oh, <clears throat> and also on uh, udoschoice.com. U-D-O-S-choice.com. That's where we talk about oils and enzymes and probiotics and a few other things that the physical, the physical stuff is there. And where would they find your books? Amazon has it. Okay. Yeah, I, I have another one called the book on total sexy health, the eight key parts designed by nature. That's an overview of the big picture. I see. And, uh, and uh, I have a few other books. I'm also on Facebook and, and Instagram and I have a YouTube channel. I'm not hard to find. I've been Wonderful. Thank around you. for 40 years. <laughs> That's 40 years of work. That is so wonderful. Thank you again very much. I truly right. appreciate our conversation today and all the nuggets that you share with our listeners. And I appreciate your time and everything that you do to enlighten yeah. everybody that you with your work. Yeah. Thank you, Fatu. Yeah. You're welcome. Really nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much for tuning in to Super Agent Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out by leaving us a comment or sending us a message via email at superagentpodcast at gmail.com or connect with us through social media. And if you haven't done so already, please feel free to subscribe to any of your favorite podcast listening sites, Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. Until next time, remember that self-care is self-love. Take good care.